I never want to do anything interesting. I don't think that's a fair criticism. Fuck me next to your dead mom, then. here once again in the basement mm-hmm yeah so how are you doing well tired but i'm fine yeah yeah no complaints i guess yeah it's yeah. kind of hard to be awake when you're in a windowless room yeah. such as this and i think we're still at the point in the year where the sun isn't setting at like 4 p.m anymore but i, I think it's you know it's just like quarter after six and it's it's set, it's set. yeah so not enough sunlight <laughs> No. We are getting more, though, so it's that's nice. Yeah, it's hard to complain too loudly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what's new and exciting with you? Mm-hmm. Still on break from classes. Mm-hmm. I uh, I got a job. Oh, you're employable. Yes. I uh, I mean, I, I'm, I have a job right now, but they um, are only giving me two hours per week. Yeah, it's kind of hard to and live on. And I found out for my new job. That I'm going to be, because I'm going to keep the old one, but the new one is also, involves, uh, you know, non-profit charity type stuff. And they informed me that only paying you for two hours is, like, actually illegal. So, okay. yeah, I need to, um, I need to figure out how to bring that up without being, like, fired or something. Or thought of that I'm making <laughs> threats of I report. See. You know what I mean? Like, I feel, like, not that I, not that I expect to get fired on the spot for that kind of thing, but... I don't know. When people panic, they do weird things. So I'm like, should I even bother? Like, I don't know. <laughs> What's new and exciting with you? How are you? I'm good. Um, not much at all is new and exciting with me. I guess just been doing some uh, pre-production prep. Otherwise... For movies? Yeah, for movies. Be weird if I was doing pre-production prep for stuff that wasn't movies. <laughs> for anything else. For I'm trying anything to think of exa- other examples of what that would, could be for, but I don't know. I'm sure there's something. I guess you like know. Like in the context of this, you people would probably know what you're talking about. Yes, but in case it wasn't clear, for movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this week, we're keeping it nice and sleazy. I'll fucking say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was an extra sleazy week for us here Yeah. in the old uh, movie factory. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do we say? <laughs> like, how do we uh, dive into this particular topic? Well, um, as part of the pre-production type stuff that we're working on, we we were reading some some articles today that just so happened to also match up with this particular topic. Yeah. Um. So we're talking about we're talking about necrophilia. Yeah, we're getting yeah. Uh, we're getting, getting a little blue down and with dirty it. with some. 
dead guys. <laughs> um, and so it, as part of the research, um, I found myself, you know, thinking today, like, I, you know, there, there have got to be some like forums. There's got to be some kind of internet gathering place or places for people who want to bang dead people. And that's the reason. Yeah. But I didn't want to like outright, you know, Google search, like necrophiliac. For, Cause I know I don't want to be put on any lists ideally. <laughs> so I thought, where can I learn about this? And I thought, I know vice.com. So I, I go to vice.com and I, I type in the search bar necro. And sure enough, there's an article from like 2015 way ahead of us on, uh, you know, what it's like to be a necrophiliac. That is, you know, Vice has got your back. <laughs> yeah, Vice, Vice, yeah, they're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna report me. Anyway, so th- there were some, there were some interesting points mm-hmm. made in the article, like um, Carla Valentine, the... Oh, I love Carla Valentine, yeah, she's she, great. The, uh, okay, she, is she, she is a pathology tech? I believe so, yeah. She has, she like curates a museum of like dead stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, I guess she also runs like uh, datings, online yeah. dating service. Yeah, death industry dating. Yeah, website. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, for people with, involved in the death industry in various capacities. So yeah, she's she's a, a death industry person and also has a very you know prominent kind of social media presence. Yeah. About and, this. Uh, she's written a book about yes. this called uh, Past Mortems or the Chicken the Dead, depending on where you you're which at continent in the world. you're buying it from. I, I realize this now after buying two copies of the same book. Just <laughs> with, with different, different titles. titles. Yes. I, I I read one, I was like, that was really good. I need to read her other book, not realizing it was, it the, was the same, same book. book. It made a nice present. <laughs> yeah, it did. It was very giftable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, in this I think it's in this this article that she they talked to her. And um, she made some really great points about how we, as a culture, seem to be much more uncomfortable with the idea of anybody having any sort of, like, paraphilic attraction or urges or impulses or whatever towards dead bodies. And we are way more upset about this than we are about notions of, like, torturing or harming the living. Right. And, um, yeah, like, there's this great quote in the article, something like, you know, you bring up a brutal murder at a dinner table and everyone gets talking and then you bring up necrophilia and everyone stops talking. Yeah, it just goes silent. Yeah, and I think I think it was even her, she said that she she was, um, like, asking people about, about this. Because she's like, you know, I try to look at it objectively. I'm not into that myself, but if we were to look at this just as a phenomenon without putting all of these cultural values and taboos and stuff mm-hmm. on it, you know, what can we learn from it? What do we... And everything. Especially given that there is so much corpse fucking and necrophilia in like the latent at, le- at the very least in the latent content of so much of the media and stuff that we can see yeah, whether that's sleeping beauty various myths and legends from antiquity down to the you know 2000s vampire craze movie like twilight it's like they're yeah. still fucking yeah, dead that's, guys that's corpse fucking it's corpse fucking it's it just is that they 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 got their they're animated together. they but, can sparkle yeah and i mean i think isn't there like a like some like sexy zombie thing now or something with like Nicholas Holt or maybe it's sexy Frankenstein monster. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so we, we still like as I'm still much waiting as... for like sexy like mummy's tomb kind of thing. Just oh, it'll like happen. some some dry bandage yet. boy. Maybe maybe put that on the the trope of films uh, okay. state of movies scripts to write. Spec okay, scripts. Cool. Anyway, so even though we're repulsed by the actual idea of necrophilia uh, or even in cannibalism as well, because like, mm-hmm. I guess for some cases you have these kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, 
we nevertheless have love a lot of shit that involves yeah banging dead people and eroticizing death and dead people yeah going going off of what you said that that's something that has always struck me as kind of wild and this yeah. isn't me trying to be like an apologist to necrophilia so mm-hmm. much as like it i find it so wild that people are so repulsed by it when they don't bat an eye at trauma and horrors inflicted well yeah on look at all the people. shit like like people like charles manson and ted bundy are like venerated by some yeah and, for, and like they caused a lot of harm to well like look at like true crime living. phenomena yeah yeah thing. no the, some of the fandoms um, are fucking gross and yet you know this is like this ultimate taboo and like yeah there's like definitely an objectness to it but like if i was uh in a like a sinking ship and there were two lifeboats and one had like a necrophiliac and one had a rapist on it and it was just like hey, we're going to have to make a conversation for the next three days while we wait to get rescued. You better know which fucking boat I'm going to go right? into. Like, yeah. Which, in case it isn't clear, it's the necro boat. Yes. I mean, I guess it depends what a classification of necrophilia. Yes, there like are if, classifications. If there, yeah, we learned that. Ten-tier classification. Yeah, and if, if you're, I mean, if you're on a boat with a bunch of, like, tier tens, then, who's you know, they might murder you well, just have tier, access to your corpse. That's tier nine. Tier oh, ten just, like, can't me. get it up with the living. Oh, I, well, I, okay. I like how that's more severe than, like, I will kill someone just to procure their corpse. Like, the tier ten might still do that. Yeah, they're probably but, cumulative. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, like, um, another thing I think uh, Carla Valentine said in the article was, like, asking people about sort of their thoughts and how I think she said she literally had somebody say, I could far more easily envision myself holding someone hostage and torturing them than I could trying to fuck a dead body. And it's like, yeah. that's concerning. Yeah, it's like, I, I'm not saying you should have to pick it. <laughs> yeah, you, like, yeah that's no, we're a, not going to do the whole, like, disaster scenario like the where there's, like, you know, like two Sophie's options. Choice, you know? Yeah, these stupid <laughs> philosophical debates where it's like, well, you have to do this or this. It's like, no, I'm never going to be encountered with this kind of decision in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to entertain it. That being said... Yeah, what the fuck yeah it's i don't know maybe it's the pacifist in me but like it's like yeah as gross as it is it's like don't hurt other people like don't yeah. be don't like yeah don't like i won't say it's it's, an, it's a victimless crime by any no. means but in l- terms of like severity yeah i i just i yeah i i don't see how it is so much more repulsive to people yeah, than yeah psychosexually torturing a live human being you know what i mean yeah yeah it's uh it's kind of a weird one to broach it is and i think it goes to so much of this this idea these ideas these this taboo around death and this idea that death itself is is dirty and contaminating and all of these things that we just think that i mean well yeah the abject is like that which makes us think of death and mortality so it's and interesting that something that when you like we, like she says when you think about it objectively is maybe not so harsh as like some of the things that we've really normalized. Yeah. But because it's so wound up in these cultural values and taboos around just death itself. Yeah. It's seen as the like most horrific kind of thing that yeah, could like, possibly be imaginable. Like the end of the line. Yeah. Kind of when really yeah. it's like no, I think some of the shit that you can do to live human beings is probably way more objectionable yeah than uh doing stuff with a body that's no longer in use (laughs) yeah 
I don't know. I but again, not that I want to like qualify this and be like, therefore, corpse yeah. fucking is fine. It's like, no, no, none of this not, is good. We're not saying that. No. Um, and I guess, you know, there is a, a, a religious component to mm-hmm. think of too, where it's like, as you mentioned, like maybe from, from my perspective, when y- your body's not in use anymore, <laughs> it's not in fucking use anymore. It's dead. Yes. Right. Whereas that, that's not the entirety of religious yeah and that's one of the reasons i want to say i don't think it's a victimless crime because even if the the person who once possessed the body is no longer living if that's something that within their religious belief system would put their you know immortal soul at risk yes then i think that is harmful Mm -hmm. that that they're you know whether or not you personally believe in that if if that is what somebody else believes yeah then that you know that's don't fuck with that you know like (laughs) Like, I, yeah, you know, there are various cultural and religious practices around, you know, what has to be, the body has to be in the ground a certain amount of time after death, or these certain rituals have to be performed in order to, whether it's ensure the safe passage of their soul to the afterlife, or whatever, you know, various religions believe in. It's like, yeah, I think that putting that at risk is definitely, I would say, doing violence. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, can, I can agree with that, for yeah. sure. And, um... You know, there are laws for, like, even though this is nebulous in the legal uh, milieu of what it is, you know, there are laws against desecration of a corpse in a lot of places. And so they're always trying to, like, figure out if, like, the cases that are caught up with this where it's like, oh, what what do we do with this? Yeah, right. You know? Um, And where do we draw the line? What is desecration? Like, I know... Beyond just, um, you know, corpse fucking. Reading uh, the excerpt from that... Um, forensic book on the subject. Mm-hmm. The guy meant, who uh, did, I can't think of his name right now, but the the doctor who did the the ten yeah, tier classification system. Yeah. yeah, in his book where he does that in the beginning, there's an excerpt saying that, like, for example, for murderers who kill people and then act out necrophilic urges, they're usually just charged with the murder because that's provable. Mm. It's easy. There's or easier. There's clear cut laws around that. Yeah. Whereas it's like why complicate the case? Right. Kind of thing. And. um so, you know, it's this weird fucking nebulous area. Yeah, of, it's like, a great, how do we deal with this? Area. It's a liminal yeah. space. In um, prepping the pre-production, like, for this uh, project, and then I guess in relevance to this episode, <laughs> I was recently rereading uh, Necrophilia Variations by Supervert. Right. That I is, haven't actually uh, read that yet. That is a wild read. It's <laughs> gross. It's very abject in a lot of ways, and there's a lot of uh, misanthropy in there. But it's fucking clever in a lot of ways, too. <laughs> it's There's a lot of fun in there as well. And, uh, yeah, it's a dark read, but uh, it was entertaining nonetheless, I guess. If the title rings a bell and you uh, don't know why, you may be familiar with uh, historical literature. Yeah, Clayton Cubitt. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He's a photographer, videographer. And yeah, he did this series of videos where there are women sitting at a table, very mm-hmm. sort of plain lighting, black and white. And they, they read from a book of their choosing or some kind of passage of literature. And uh, what we don't see or hear is that under the table, somebody's holding like a Hitachi magic wand up to their their uh, their their genitals. Yeah. And um, so it's... And basically they're trying to read and maintain composure while being like on the verge of orgasm. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it, it's a fun series. But yes, the, yeah. the, the one the one I know that went viral, I think, stars um, Stoya. Who, Stoya. She's reading a, a passage from this book. Yeah. yeah. 
Stoya being a porn performer because we always have to come back to porn. But she's also always. a really great like she's super thoughtful. Has has done great like journalistic type pieces. Like if you you could find her locate her writing online even mm-hmm. it's worth a read. She is and she bring you know she writes a lot about the you know sex and the sex industry and stuff. And coming from somebody who has actually worked yeah in these industries, it's like it, it's a perspective that you don't often see a voice being given to. Mm-hmm. It's usually written about as opposed to written for or written from right. at least on in, in more mainstream um, publications yeah it's like there almost needs to be this detachment before people will be willing to talk about it mm-hmm. kind of thing which is weird because in so many other avenues it's like no you want the person yeah, don't you want there. the experts yeah who are there firsthand on the ground rather than the civilians who don't know shit mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> uh, i think it was it was either a Vice or a Jezebel article about who the fuck are the consumers of, like, necrophilia porn? Mm. And um, it seemed to be an across-the-board of people who were interviewed were convinced there is a causative relationship between men who, in their formative love map-making years, watched exploitation films showing titties and violence, and men who are now into wanting to bang dead women. I find that interesting because that's all I watched during my formative years. I, yeah, I was going to definitely exactly. I was just like, okay, I call bullshit because yeah. we barely have the language to articulate fantasy and understand it, let alone try to claim that we know the cause of it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just like that's that's a we don't even know the correlation levels between them, let alone the fucking cause. So, but yeah, I was just like, if it was that simple, I'd be in such trouble with like well, the fuck, kind of I, shit honestly, I, grew up I, on. I would too. Well, I yeah, you, you grew up watching CSI. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I watched kind of like a half the crime shows that were airing on TV, which are nothing but butchered women. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Not to say that there can't be you know harm caused or harm done or whatever, but. Yeah, to just be like, it is cut and dry. A leads to B. Case closed. It's like, yeah, it's bullshit. Leads to throw away the key. And that they're all, they all beat off to necroporn now. Or pay $10,000 up front to the independent content creators who are very enterprising young women. I don't know. I haven't actually seen any. I've just read about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to see any. Apparently even Pornhub and all of them are just like, fuck no, that shit's nasty. It's not allowed on our website. It's like, okay, so... You know, you can you'll, you'll allow people pretending to fuck sleeping people, but mm. not people who are permanently asleep. Wow. Interesting. One is rape and one is just defilement of a human body, but Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like the moralist in me is just like, "Ooh," but then also the makeup effects artist in me who doesn't have gainful employment is just like, "Cha-ching." Yeah, it's just like payday's payday. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> But we're not here just to do a porn and literature review. Um, so I guess maybe let's start with the the granddaddy classic mm-hmm. of this genre, this very tiny subgenre. Um, we watched a few movies, and we may as well get into it with 1987's Necromantic. Hell yeah! Yeah, this is the <laughs> the movie on the subject, pretty much <laughs> cult, infamous cult movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny how it's such a gross-out movie, mm-hmm. and it's very much trying to push your buttons and all that stuff, Yes. but how much heart there is to it in a there... weird, weird way. Yeah, there like, really is. Like, I've, I've known people that um, they've seen it and, like, have sworn off the rest of the guy's work, or it's like, <laughs> I regret seeing this monstrosity kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's really fucking gross, but... 
there's a weird quality to it that you wouldn't see in, say, Cannibal Holocaust or yeah, something. Yeah, and it, it's definitely, it has more, far more to it than any sort of those, like, churned out grindhouse exploitation yeah. flicks that are just done to try and capitalize on a particular, like, subgenre's yeah. success. Like, there's actually story which is and, funny because like, this was this is character. like the movie like, of the subgenre yeah if you could even say there's a subgenre yeah or the, the or the like collection of like five movies that yeah. like, maybe make up a subgenre pretty depending. sure we watched all of them <laughs> i'm pretty sure we did too yeah and yeah so there's there's something about it that's just because you want to share the the backstory behind yeah Mr. Um, okay so he's <laughs> gone on record as stating that he was not originally intending to be a film director when he made this movie, but this was his um, sort of response to what he saw as overly controlling, oppressive censorship laws in Germany at the time. Mm-hmm. Specifically around, like, film and... Yeah, and so, like, his response to, like, oh, they're censoring all these kind of content, these movies, and they're just being too over-the-top with... fucking fashy with, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, all right, I'm gonna make the movie, <laughs> the movie that would, like fly in the face of all of that like it's it it's goes very against Hucker everything in a trunk that way. yeah it totally is it totally <laughs> but of, uh, is the previous century he walks so they can run yes um so you got to keep that in mind to an extent when going mm-hmm. into it that it's like okay this movie is by design trying to push your buttons um, trying to gross you out trying to offend you like oh yeah. i don't know because it's, it's one of those things where it's like it's not offensive it's offensive in that like a you know pearl clutching offend your sensibilities yeah. way not in like a trying purposefully to be harmful like something yeah. that's like overtly racist or yeah something. that's the weird thing for something yeah. that it, it definitely is gross out as hell like it mm-hmm. definitely lives up to its grossness yeah. factor but beyond that i don't think this is a very offensive movie yeah like it, it's offensive very specifically in that like against puritanical stuff way yeah. not offensive in like a seeking to cause harm way no there which i think is the important distinction i, to I make will there. take that back ever so slightly because there is footage from a fur farm right. used in there okay this yes. is something that i could see where there is a problem because you do see an animal killed and skinned yes um that's a good point which again footage from a fur farm kind yeah. of so thing. it's not like some of those like italian cannibal movies where they actually like hey here's some animal let's just kill let's it, kill it camera. on camera for this movie yeah at least it was like obtained footage from yeah of an animal that was going to die anyways. yeah like i think they just took the camera down there yeah and we're just like hey man on. can we film this and sure man um so you know like that is a big warning that's not mm-hmm. something that's pleasant to watch it's definitely not Mm-mm. but uh beyond that one aspect yeah, as far as it, the original content created for the movie yeah. it's like eh. yeah there there is a well i guess the basic rundown of the plot is we have franz and his uh lover his lover beatrice and they live in this tiny little shoebox apartment with pictures of charlie manson on the walls and stuff like that and uh, various body parts kept yeah, in jars jars of body parts <laughs> and um franz works for a accident site cleanup crew like you know disposing of dead bodies and it's hilarious because like crime, crime scene cleanup but for accidents not for like crime scenes yeah because when they find bodies it's just great to see these dudes <laughs> like all right and then just bare hand pick up pieces of it yeah and just put pulling apart these bodies putting them in garbage just bags. like i'm just like, gonna reach elbow deep up in these guts because why without not? any without any personal protective wear no not yeah, at all super super dignified of the dead and yeah. like the remains of these so it's pretty hilarious <laughs> yeah but one day he finds uh they come across this de- desiccated, like, rotting, putrid corpse. 
and he's tasked with being the one to take it into the incinerator or wherever they get wherever rid of it. Wherever they dispose of this So instead, matter. he just takes it home as a gift to his partner, and that is a, that's ostensibly the setup for this movie. Like, yeah. that's what we get. And, oh, when he brings it in, we get treated to the greatest, worst sex scene ever. It's like oh. this menage a trois with fucking delightfully positive piano music playing over like i love this fucking song that they it's play so ad nauseum um i don't know how to play piano but i specifically taught myself how just to learn this fucking song um and for those if you didn't if you aren't familiar that was the song that we chopped into the beginning music yeah, of this episode remix that shit yep um that's just a quick record dirty recording i did of it for mm. for, for this episode but yeah, we've got this weird slow-mo blurred footage, like... Double vision almost. Yeah, oh, of, like, some of the nastiest fucking ever. Well, yeah, they find... What did you call it? The most phallic, like... Yeah, the most fucking... phallic piece of pipe they can get. It's just this hunk of pipe, but it, like, but it looks, looks like, like a dick. dick. And they, like... Like, more sh- than a regular pipe. And they just, like, shove it into the, the body. The yeah, because he doesn't have pelvis. a dick anymore. It's because just, of, like, rotting yeah, or Yeah, because, you know what they say time makes cloacus of us all that is what they say not specifically what you say that's right um and they just like shove it into his pelvis and they put a fucking condom on it and oh (laughs) oh but that's not even the worst of it like the part when he just like slurps the eye out of the head and then i just spits it back into the head (laughs) just stuff like that it's um it's fucking wild pretty fucking gross but i absolutely love how they (laughs) filmed it as like the most tender love scene yeah like if the person was alive and it was a three-way consensual thing it would be like such a tender moment it would kind of thing that's true um so there's this great contrast going on Mm -hmm. and uh the treatment of it isn't like look at these freaks it's like done in a very thoughtful yeah deliberate way what do you think of this movie like I kind of love it. I remember thinking, like, yes. this is the second time I saw it. And the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, like, that's actually yeah. surprisingly good. And it's yeah. kind of great, actually, yeah. in its own fucked up way. Yeah. Because <laughs> going in only knowing that it's this notorious, like, fuck you mm-hmm. to the censors. So, oh, it's going to be, ter- it's going to be so, like, oh, right? You kind of prep yourself. You yeah. gird your loins like you would for, like, a Syrian film. Yeah, kind exactly. Of or kind of a Holocaust or, yeah. like, anything that's really notorious like that. And yeah, it was surprising and uh, actually as enjoyable as it could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a that's a really good assessment of it because yeah. uh, I recommend seeing it if you're a fan of offbeat and mm-hmm. cult movies. If you're not just like, you know, this might not appeal to the more mainstream horror audience. Yeah. But if you Which like... Which we respect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, that wasn't meant to be, um... Oh, yeah, I did, I did that, but I just wanted to put that out there. It's like, sure. no pressure, guys. Yeah, we're you not diminishing it. Yeah, we're, and, but we're also not being like, you can't sit with us yeah. if you don't make it through necromantic. No, if you, uh, love horror, whatever about horror, for any reason, like, that's fucking great. Mm-hmm. But if you do, like, the offbeat stuff, the cult stuff, the weirdness, it's like, this is a great one The boundary pushing, the... Can you can you last through yeah. it, even? <laughs> it's, um, very low budget and low rent, but, mm-hmm. like, the stuff they do in this, like, sort of guerrilla-style filmmaking, like, this is clearly just the dude just got a camera and made this fucking movie with people he knew kind of thing for very little money. And holy shit, is it effective. It is, Like, yeah. the effects of the, the body Oh, are yeah, some of the stuff so they came up good. with is, like, 
the slime and stuff yeah. is like, oh, that was just like strawberry jam. And like, yeah. Because we've watched the, the behind the scenes. It's on the Death the Yeah, the Death the King, Death King. Uh, Blu-ray and yeah. DVD. It's <laughs> called Corpse Fucking Art. It's a movie about making like These all the movies he made up before Shrom, I think, which mm-hmm. came out after. So we have the Necromantic, Necromantic Two and, and the Death King. The Tallest King. Yeah, uh, and you see some of the camera rigs they came up with that are just like planks of board, oh, but they're I, so invented. Yeah, I want to like steal their camera yeah. rig designs because yeah. these movies, especially this one somewhat, but in Necromantic 2 mm-hmm. and then getting into the Death King and Shram, it is amazing how well shot these movies yeah. are. It's kind of like using that Evil Dead style inventiveness, but in an arty way. It's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Bootkidarite, if... Uh... You happen to ever listen. We are big fans. Big you are fans. a genius. We love you. We love you. Keep on keeping on. Mm-hmm. Mad respect. All that. <laughs> yeah. By not, you know, having someone who's like, oh, I never intended to be a filmmaker. It's like, congratulations on being an icon of yeah. just like guerrilla indie filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> and like the pinnacle of what you can do with, with some of that shit. Yeah. In, at least it, within like this kind of genre work. Yeah. Well, he definitely expanded into being, like, even if that wasn't his original intention, mm-hmm. the dude very much f- moved into the role of filmmaker yes. and, like, having that that uh, eye and that mind for it, like, very clearly, in my opinion, and how he expanded with Necromantic 2 from 1991. The Return of the Loving Dead. That is my favorite byline subtitle <laughs> ever for a movie, The Return of the Loving Dead. Um this one we just watched before coming to record, but this was just a re-watched. second watch for both of us. Well, second watch for you, I think, like, third or fourth for me. <laughs> um, this one's also great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This time we get more focus on uh, our female necrophiliac. Which is so fucking great. It's yes. uh, named Monica, and uh, I guess the base premise of this is she hears about the crimes of the necrophiliac from the first movie and digs them up. And brings them home. Yeah, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is kind of a genius way to go about oh, yeah, a I sequel. Love but yeah, because the intro on the Blu-ray, there's a little director intro before the movie started, and he straight up said that this isn't a horror movie, it's a love story. <laughs> and it fucking plays like it. It really does. And there's almost like two love stories going on at once where you have her with this this body that she's brought back to her home, but then also her with this guy that she meets and then trying to like, you have this really sad scene where she realizes like, I need to get rid of the body. Yeah. And like, she's crying as she's going about, because I don't want to give too much away, but as she's going about like... Disposal. Oh yeah, her disposal. And she can't bear to part with parts of it and... Yeah, yeah. It, it, so again, you have that sort of like tender, like emotionality there that's yeah. like, oh, wow. And I think that's the way to do these kind of movies mm-hmm. because, you know, it's one thing just to be like, oh, wow, how edgy, let's shock you, and then yeah. full stop. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, great, you've got some cool effects, you've got some moments that get under my skin, but is there much more to your movie than that? Mm-hmm. But when they do something like this, you definitely get that. Definitely. Um, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess warning, this one also has, um, it doesn't have, like, animal killing footage, but it has, like, a really graphic, like, dissection oh. of a seal yeah, or something. Yeah, uh, a group of necrophile friends hang out to watch a video, just, and it's, just, like, just girly a things. science, <laughs> just girly things. Because it's all women. <laughs> it's just a science video that's, like, a seal dissection. Yeah. And 
it is graphic. It's, it's gross. It is incredibly yeah. graphic. I know that uh, we skipped over it this time. Like, yeah. when I saw it coming, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to skip ahead. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to yeah. look away for a moment. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny yeah. that she, like, all, it's like all the lady necrophiles and they all live in Berlin. Yeah, there's and like five I of them in the world and they're all in Berlin. Unlikely. <laughs> Having been to Berlin. I love Berlin. I love it Fuck so yeah. much. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, it, it. You're like, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. That reads. It reads. <laughs> um, like if you had the five, you know, the five lady necrophiles in the world all living in like Edmonton, it'd be like, well, maybe, but. I don't know, it seems kind of unlikely in a city of, like, a million I guess, people. I, I guess there's a reason they call it Deadmonton. True. But, uh, but, <laughs> um, but from a filmmaking perspective, this one really ups the game with mm-hmm. some great camera works. There's this one uh, thing he uses that I, I just call the necromantic rig, yeah. where I guess it was just a crossbar built with a camera on it on a hinge so the camera can be moved and it stays, like, an equal distance. Mm-hmm. Um, goes, like, from sort of, like, where it is but it's a big to... swinging arc so it can go from the ground swinging over yeah like 90 an object degrees. uh and it's um it just makes for some beautiful shots really but then does. when I you see... even go with like 180 because there's that yeah. shot in her apartment where it does where that it goes the other way the over the table yeah. yeah so yeah fucking cool shots yeah and um when you see how they made the rig just watching from corpse fucking art it's such a simple rig mm-hmm. so it's really cool seeing what they do with it yeah it, it is extremely diy yeah which is always so cool to see because mm-hmm. not every aspiring filmmaker has you know thousands upon thousands yeah. of dollars worth of uh camera and setup equipment yeah so it just shows what you can do with being inventive because mm-hmm. i mean especially given that this would have been shot on film mm-hmm. uh you know early 90s and stuff it's Back then, if you have money to make a movie, that's where most of it's going to go. When you have to do that low-budget thing, most of your budget is going to be on the film and camera. Exactly. And I think that's one thing that we should really appreciate as no-budget filmmakers today, Mm -hmm. where it's like, wow, the actual equipment is so much more accessible. Yeah. Um, You can pay through the nose if you want to get better and better quality. Like, there is something to be said for that. But even just sort of like high-end DSLR cameras... They're not bank breaking in the same way that fil- even just like film stock to shoot half your movie would have been. Yeah, or even video cameras like ten years ago. Yeah, and then like lab fees and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I just uh, when it's done, I just plug the little card into my computer, and the footage is ready for me to go. It's not like time to take these down to Kodak and get them to process the film or like and... mail them out to Vancouver because yeah. <laughs> that's like the only option to develop like specialized film now. Oh god, if you're doing that today, yeah. Yeah, no, I know people who shoot on um medium for like medium format film and stuff mm-hmm. which i think 120 millimeter i want to say like still photography yes and just like yeah they unless they develop it themselves it last i heard you have to like mail it to vancouver Ugh. just to get it developed because there's just nothing that does that specialized film developing here anymore i don't even know if there's many places you can get like 35 millimeter like standard film developed anymore yeah, for still, wow. and that's just for still photography i don't know know what to do for film yeah I think film actually might even fare a bit better given the nostalgia and the hanging on, like, mm, shot true. on film, the cinematic kind of appeal there. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that said, it's not... It's very ex- niche. It's, I wouldn't call it accessible, that's <laughs> no. for sure. I'm very... As cool as it is, mm-hmm. and I love those kind of analog formats and oh, all I that stuff. I love the look of it and everything, um, yeah. I really appreciate the accessibility of digital. Absolutely. Anyway, it's so a big tangent aside. Yeah. It's fucking amazing, the kind of stuff that is pulled off in uh, Butgerite's movies for mm-hmm. no money. Um, presumably no money. Like, there's yeah. money there, of course. Uh, but 
you know, it's low budget in a way that isn't cheap. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say, like, it, it, you can tell it's low budget, but yeah. it doesn't come off as cheap and crap. No, it, it, it's DIY, but it very well thought out, well yeah. executed DIY. Yeah, for sure. Um, the corpse in particular in this one is oh. just fucking nasty. Just gross. Like, if I, I thought the first one was gross, this is just, like, putrescence. Yes. Just excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and then we get into some of the B-sides. Mm-hmm. Less, less, less uh, fun. That's yeah, sure. yeah. If necromantic is the like sort of king shit of the genre, it's also like the peak. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> and if we're wrong on that, if there is stuff that we haven't seen that is just out there and blowing us away, or it would, please let us know. Please, um, for research purposes. Yes. <laughs> uh, one. <laughs> we that... would like to think that one day we're going to make a movie that will be will redeem. The subgenre. The subgenre. (laughs) Maybe be back up there with even in proximity to the necromantic movies. Basically, we want to make a movie that doesn't suck. Yeah, but involving corpse fucking. Yeah. People. Just just a bit. Just a tad of corpse fucking. Just a tip. Yeah. Um, okay, so we would have watched another movie that I have a soft spot for, but it is not the same kind of movie at all called beyond the darkness from Mm -hmm. 1979 with score by the goblins (laughs) as Uh, it says in the intro (laughs) directed by um aristide massachusetts also known as um joe d'amato also known as arizona massachusetts also known as a billion other names yeah if you i think it's on his wikipedia page where you have this also known as and it's just imdb IMDb, oh it's on imdb okay it's the longest fucking (laughs) List. One of his, uh, one of the names he made a movie under, at least one, was Arizona, Massachusetts, and that is like <laughs> my favorite fucking thing ever. We bring it up like at least a couple times a week. Yeah, yeah, it stays with <laughs> us. And believe me, we don't watch a Joe D'Amato we movie really tw- twice a week. But, but this, <laughs> we'll comes just be like something like <laughs> Arizona, Arizona, Massachusetts, or like Arizona, Taxachusetts. <laughs> I think anytime we either hear Arizona or Massachusetts mentioned, we're just like, huh, Arizona, <laughs> that Massachusetts, guy. that guy, um, that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this is a movie that by his um, body of work, I would say for horror, this kind of stands up among some of the, like, the more coherent, like, it's, it feels like a movie with a plot and, mm-hmm. like, like, that's a fair statement, yes. It's construction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It feels a little more polished and const- and well-constructed mm-hmm. than some of the movies of his I've seen. Yes. And I say that as someone who is a fan of this guy's work. Like, I'm a big fan of Anthropophagus, and uh, we watched Absurd, <laughs> a.k.a. Italian Halloween. I knew it. Okay, I was like, I know I've seen one recently. Yeah, we watched that Absurd. That would be it, yeah. Um, so this is kind of the, the guy we're talking about. Uh, this movie is about a guy whose wife dies. And he's bummed about it. So he steals her body. and Keeps it at home. Keeps it at home. In his Italian villa. His very nice Italian villa. And his uh, mistress. Iris, who Iris. is the grossest eater oh. in the history of film. That scene. Like, everything... This movie's pretty fucking gross. Like, there are some nasty moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. But the scene where Iris gives them some stew and she just starts chowing down... That's the one part that makes me want to fucking barf. Um, how did you describe the Foley work? That was not this movie. Oh, that was okay. the next one. That was I will the next get one. to that. Okay. I mean, the Foley work in this one, it was disgusting. So, like, clearly it was effective. Yeah. But, yeah, that scene is fucking gross. Like, we've got the really gross embalming scene that... 
the effects are good. It's just unrealistic because mm-hmm. it's like, why is this corpse? That's yeah, he dug, he bleeding? dug up his wife's body after the funeral, yeah. and then he starts like embalming. Yeah, it's just unrealistic it's... in that non-reality kind of yeah. way. Like, if this was like, oh, he just killed this person and was embalming sure. it, I would say, like, this was a very well-done scene. Yes. But, uh, but for a body you, that's been dead... You gotta suspend for, disbelief a little yes. bit. Yes, because, yeah, for a body that's been dead for at least a few days now... Yeah, it wouldn't If bleed. it wasn't embalmed, yeah. not only would it be, like, probably not look perfectly intact, but, yeah, it also wouldn't, like, be bleed when you right. cut it open and... Yeah. Yeah, there'd oh, be like lividity and, um, and shit. So fun fact, the uh woman who plays the body was also in the Beyond as Emily, who I have a tattoo of. I okay, I was wondering. Yeah, so I was like, she looks so familiar. Yep. So that's a okay. little uh, that that's a little I was not used to fact. seeing her with irises and pupils. <laughs> yeah. In this one she had no eyes for a little bit. That's true. So this movie is kind of a different angle than Necromantic, like where Necromantic is kind of a loving and tender movie in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. This is not. This is a very nihilistic kind of bleak look at the subject. Yeah, it's it's that, um, like this what is it, level two necrophilia? Yeah, he cannot get past the loss of a loved one. Yes. Um, to go back to our 10-point scale. <laughs> yes, our 10-point scale. Uh, and so he has this body, but then he has to keep killing to hide a secret but he takes his sadistic joy in the murders like Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like oh no you found me out i've got to quickly kill you just because i can't let my secret get out like there's the part when he's ripping the person's fingernails off yeah that's like that's just mean you're just like Like, yeah this is unnecessary you're not doing that just to cover things up no and then at one point it's like i don't know like he i know i I know there's another murder he does that he again has to like cover up what he's doing but it's like you didn't have to let the person into your home in the first place Mm. so you it's like you almost think that it's not in panic in the moment so much as like well i'm probably gonna have to do this yeah that's okay it's like he has these feelings because he's upset that his wife died and he can't let go and he has these necrophilic urges towards her and he's a murderer (laughs) (laughs) it's like these two kind of things flipped on top of each other yeah um but, ooh, like, there is an interesting portrayal of uh, violent femininity in this with Iris the housekeeper, where, mm-hmm. like, she's so domineering and aggressive in this interesting way that you don't see tons in these kind of movies. Yeah, yeah, she's got this, like, she almost she almost acts a lot like you would expect almost like a widow-type character, too, yeah. but you get no sense that she's ever been married yeah. All you know is that she's she's fucking the main dude. Yep. And wants to marry him and get access to his fortune and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she has this very sort of like matronly, mm-hmm. but also, but not in a desexualized way. No, that's in more of like a milfy way, <laughs> <laughs> like a jalo milf way. Jalo milf way. <laughs> milfy way that it was chocolate bar. <laughs> Oh God! What did you think of this one? Like, like it, it was, it was all right. <laughs> um, you, yeah, you don't have to like yeah, the movies, that's for sure. Yeah, like it was. There are definitely some interesting like themes, I guess, mm-hmm. and stuff. But I definitely wasn't as uh, invested in it. I guess. Yeah, it's no necromantic. It is, is what not. Yeah. Um, like I said, I have a bit of soft spot for it. I think part of that is my love of. Uh, Italian horror, and mm-hmm. also this kind of feels like it could have been a video nasty, even That's though it true, wasn't. Yeah. So I kind of love it 
in the same way I love some of those movies. Like, it sort of very much fits into that that grouping in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. But at the same time, it's not without its pacing problems at times. And, yeah. like, a lot of stuff that you just have to kind of, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to accept that and keep on going. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, and I guess the... Um... Yeah, the the more focus on, like, active harm being done to living people. Which I think makes this kind of a cool foil to Necromantic. This, this, yeah. Because, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but that's actually... Not to say that people don't get harmed in any of the Necromantic movies, but uh, no, it's they, not yeah. quite... <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. Let's just put it that way and... If you see it. if you've seen them, you'll know what we're talking you'll about. Know. You'll know. And if not, then uh, you'll find out when you watch yeah. it. But that contrast is actually exactly why I wanted to watch the next movie mm-hmm. that we watched was because I feel like it was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Definitely. Um, we watched 1986's Lucker the Necrophagus. And this movie is very misleading because he doesn't eat corpses. Nope. So the title right there is a bunch of shit. But... Oh, well, we'll just look past that. We'll breeze right past that. The the movie's excellent use of um, line reading throughout oh. makes up for the misleading title, I would say. The line reading is great. If you love, <laughs> like, porno acting kind of thing, you need to see this fucking movie. You do. Or at least hear this <laughs> Yeah, movie. you need to hear this movie. But get ideally an, while watching it. Get an audiobook of this movie. <laughs> Actually, don't, because this is the one with the Foley work. Yes. There is a scene of corpse fucking where I'm pretty sure I described it as it sounds like he's giving someone an enema with a jar of mayonnaise. That is exactly and that how is you the described it. Only way you can describe this like <laughs> sound that's going on. It's like no, not for me. Excuse the fuck out of me. I'm, mm. I'm gonna mute this. Yeah. yeah. Um, this movie's fairly cheap. It's, yeah, that's, uh, that's one way to put it. Yeah, has this. If I thought uh, the Beyond the Darkness was nihilistic, this one has this very aggressively, like... When I say that Necromantic is, like, trying to shock and offend you without being an edgelordy kind of way, mm-hmm. this one is trying to be that edgelordy yes, kind of way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this guy would definitely be class nine in that he kills <laughs> yeah. people to procure corpses. Yep. Maybe he can't fuck the living, too. Who knows? Or no, didn't in the beginning he said, talks about how he leave, how he leave, there, there was a, a victim left alive, and I can't remember if he assaulted her i don't remember i don't remember either there was a flashback but then we realized was it a flashback and you're like mm-hmm. oh it's real time now is it It also talks about him in the news when he's right like, yeah you have that like radio yeah. anyway yeah no this guy he's gross he goes around he kills people well he, he more kills men for getting in his way and then women sometimes they get in his way too but he seems to take a lot more pleasure it's very sadistic it's very sadistic women, yeah he's very grossly like there's this gross voyeurism about it where while he's tormenting them he'll just be sitting there like staring at them as they're like crying and screaming and knowing they're about to die any second and it's it's yeah it's gross so if you're a fan of those sort of like grimy movies where it's like you know following a serial killer around and you kind of want that sort of sheen of grossness to it this is kind of like a low rent version of that like you know mm-hmm. you could sort of like fit it in with movies like maniac or sure. henry portrait of a serial killer but or like strom i guess even yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but that I, I would say this one is um i wouldn't put it up there with those movies no. as far as being like 
classic or like worth your time so much. Mm-hmm. See, I don't want to sit here and just bag on it or anything yeah. like that because uh, uh, I do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Because um, generally, I figure if it's not something I particularly like, then why why talk about it? I mean, you, you podcast, can there can still but, be stuff like worth talking about and still be yeah. like, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, case in point, Breathless. Oh, you're dropping the T now. Mm. That's all. (laughs) Just a little splash. (laughs) A little splash of breathless tea. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. Since, as far as we know, there was no necrophilia in Godard's oeuvre or whatever that was. I wouldn't know. I haven't watched Uh, anything else. Maybe there is. Just watch the shit making fun of it. Maybe we're missing it. Maybe. Let us um, know. But anyway, back to this movie. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I felt like this was a good foil to necromantic and stuff because this really does fit more in the stereotypical like oh he's a necrophile well that's just the end of his crimes where he's probably right. a rapist and a murderer too and yeah. then as opposed to just some weird and then some, like, he just creepy, has to go even just... more debauched with yeah. that kind of thing um, yeah it's, yeah i guess you get those those two sort of ideas where the necro where it's either yeah like the um just the conclusion of all the other shit he's doing or it's the like, the guys you see every once in a while in, like, crime TV show episodes where they, they work in a mortuary yeah. or something, and they're these, like, antisocial, like, procure this job just to get access to bodies, and then yeah. when no one's around, put, like, makeup on them and wigs and, like, feel them up and stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, where they... But I guess that goes back to that sort of scale that we talk about, mm. and then, this, and then yeah, the idea that you can progress and gradually move up throughout your yeah. life and go from just sort of the general fantasies to, like okay, now I'm going to actually, like, dig, get access to corpses. Yeah. And now, oh, this isn't enough. I need to, like, go procure my own body by killing someone. Like, yeah. not to say everyone would move up that quite to that extreme. Yeah. But, yeah, it's an it's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. call it interesting, yes. With the lucker, he feels like he's at the end of that scale, mm-hmm. whereas... Um, probably always been there. Yeah. But yeah, so that was our little roundup of nasty, nasty necrophilia. <laughs> How do you feel? Do you feel uh, enlightened in any way? Do you feel like... Like I need a shower? <laughs> <laughs> a little grimy? <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. But hell, it's a... Uh, if anything, it's a very unique watching experience. Yes. Because, like, we didn't have that hard of a time finding films for this, but if you'd asked me to keep going, oh, I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. Like, like even, even before we started recording, we are like, oh, fuck, what do we recommend? Yeah. <laughs> like, we really had to think about that. I did. You seem yeah. to have. I have a couple in mind, in mind mm-hmm. but yeah. I needed help. Anyway, on that note, let's mm-hmm. uh, get to those recommendations. Um, would you like to go ahead? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I was kind of grasping at straws because I was like, I don't know if I know any others, and I couldn't think of any movies about at least on off the top of my head of like people banging vampires that I would actually recommend. recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so something worth watching. Yeah. Oh, the entire series of True Blood there. There you go. um, So, movies. um, I remembered... Okay, I'll just... Neon Demon. Neon Demon. Was that 2016? 2016. Yeah. Neon Demon. Yeah, it's not the bulk of the movie. No, but... It's actually just a small part of the movie. It is. Holy moly. But it's in there, and it's it's uncomfortable, so... Yes. (laughs) And I mean, that movie's great anyway. Yeah, um, I recommend there's it regardless other of topics the context. that I have in mind where I'm hoping we'll come back to this Yeah, we'll actually like, to, delve uh, into it. Delve into it. We'll do... Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be good. Um, 
that's a good recommendation. I've been wanting to rewatch this. It's Me just too. been the one time, so yeah, that's cool. Same here. Um, my recommendation is not actually a horror movie. It's okay. 1996's Kissed. It is a movie um, sort of loosely based on the true story of a woman who did work in mortuary to get access to bodies and all that kind of stuff. For some reason, I cannot remember the name, but, you know, made a big splash at the time as she came out as being like, yep, I'm a necrophiliac mm-hmm. and I did this and blah, blah, blah. Um, but this movie is sort of based on that idea and it just follows someone from like when they're a kid, like briefly from when they're a kid into adulthood, it just shows like the, this developing. And then uh, as an adult, they get jobs working in in like death industry and they meet up with this person who seems to sort of figure out their secret and is more intrigued by it than anything and the mm-hmm. movie kind of goes from there yeah it's again kind of a low budget indie flick sort of thing but uh, i found it pretty enjoyable and it's more one of those ones that if like you just want to see something on this topic that maybe takes a different approach than say the luckers of <laughs> the movies out there like you know what you assume is going to be the case right if you want something that's a bit different then i totally recommend this one cool I know I've seen it before, but I have little glimpses of it, yeah. but I don't remember it like it's in its entirety. Yeah, we did watch it. It was a while back, yeah. though, so, yeah. Cool. Cool. So, um, I suppose that's going to do it for us, because uh, can all be two-hour episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I suppose not. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, that's, that works. Assuming you will listen that long. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, I suppose... Do, do what we clearly did this week and take it easy and keep it sleazy. The sleaziest. Sleaziest. So sleazy. And then maybe take a shower after. Yeah, or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay.